All right, you know, um, he had a story that just popped up in my mind, and I wanted to record it before I forget it. Because I'm getting older. I mean, I maybe wiser is a better way to put it. But as you get wiser, you tend to forget things that happened over two, two and a half decades ago because you've lived a little bit of life. And maybe it's more pressing forward and looking to what's to come and dealing with what's in your face now as opposed to living in the past, which is a good thing. But there are some gems and some old things that's happened to us. Some of them are are very traumatic and people still carry them to this day. But others we tend to forget. But I just remembered this this uh, about my past as a little kid, like uh, one of the most challenging things for me ever in my school and academia career, I can never master this one thing. And it was catching the school bus. And that thing just, it just came too early. It, it, I don't even think it mattered if it came at 1030. It was just too early. I would get up, get dressed, tried my darnness, but I would always miss this thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I did catch the bus I, at frequent times, but I was very, um, I was known for missing a bus a lot. I actually had the bus start stopping in front of my house because I used to walk up the hill when I went to um to high school. I used to uh, I used to have to walk up the hill to catch it. The bus driver was so nice. He would stop in front of my house. But I would still miss this bus. But I love school. I would take off running because the bus had to cut to the east and then kind of go south a little bit, then cut west. And it was about a mile. It would detour about two miles. But I had a straight shot of about three quarters to a mile. If I could make that straight shot, I could catch it as it made its way west. And a lot of times, like the kids would always be looking for me. Because if the if the bus was stopped in front of the house, I would see it. I would have my underwear on trying to get dressed, take off running. And I and the bus driver wouldn't see me, but I would see peop, uh, my fellow peers on the bus yelling, stop, stop, stop. Here he comes. Here he comes. And I come on there full speed running and get on a bus. But it was such a challenge just to freaking be on time. And I love school that much. All other facets of school was easy, whether talking to people, eating the food, the teachers, the educate, loved it, loved it. And I had West Virginia, West Virginia public school education at that. And it was still beautiful. I had some great teachers and I had some great teachers who didn't care much for me. The bus was also a, a gnarly place, especially when we were coming home. Like near the tail end of me uh, being in school, I actually got kicked out of school on my 16th birthday, but that's a whole different story. Got expelled for the first time, but it was always loud. Near the tail end, I couldn't stand being on the bus. There was fights and I was one of the kids who sat in the back and, you know, everybody kind of had their like set up, right? It was sort of like a like like your church pew, how you go in there and you sit somewhere and they're like, I'll oh, move. That's our brother Tim's seat. It's the same way on the school bus, right? Like everybody had their little pecking order and hierarchy and where you sat. But, you know, there was one day that I just, I, that just sticks out to me. There was a kid that everybody made fun of. Lord, I don't remember his name, but he sat close to the middle front of the bus. And for some reason that day, he ended up closer in the back where kind of we all sat. And so, like, the people I was with were making fun of him, just teasing him mercilessly because we would make fun of each other. But there was no mercy. You just had to have thick skin and, 
you know, as a kid, like some of the stuff bothered you because we would make fun of you on the on the most basic thing. If you were overweight, your skin color, the type of clothes you were wearing, because teenagers and kids are just savages. You don't know how hard you're really hurting somebody. But I can speak personally like I used to be like, oh, when they were getting me. But you never let them see you sweat because when they see you sweat, they kind of dial it up a little bit. But this kid was not used to that type of action. And he caught himself in the back and he was sensitive. And so they was laying it on him thick. And I remember jumping in there. I didn't lay it on this kid. I don't know why, but I didn't. But I felt compassion for him. And uh, I jumped in there. I was like, come on, man. Y'all let go of him, man. Y'all quit making fun of him, blah, 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 blah. And so naturally, they jumped on me and started making fun of me. I said my little jokes back, but they ate us both up. And, you know, the kid never said nothing after that. But I'm sure that he was like, man, thank God somebody stopped in the way, right? And took the jokes, and I was able to live. So I remember it like rain. It was like two days later. The kid caught himself, like, in the back again, and this time, right, they were on me and everybody was just going and going. And, you know, I'm firing back and I'm firing back and I'm looking and you know that this kid jumped in and was all over me with the harshest of jokes. And like everybody loved the kid for the day. I was the butt of the jokes. But what I was more just hurt by, I was thinking, man, ain't this the same kid that I jumped in for? Now he's on me. And, you know, we were kids. I don't know if it was playtime or however how he perceived it. But for me, I was so hurt. I never shared that. Like I said, if they saw you sweat, that was just a crack and an opening that they're going to kick and make a chasm. And then they're going to be on you for life because you showed that you were affected. At least that's how it was in my childhood. But, yeah, he was all over me. I'm like, bro, I cannot believe this in my head. I had shown this little dude some mercy, and there he goes. When he has the opportunity, he's going to use me to be cool. And the same thing happens really in, a, in the Bible all the time. And Jesus, like he's teaching the people in a parable, and this parable comes up. And when, when uh, Peter asked Jesus, like, man, how many times do I forgive someone? You know what I mean? Like if they've done me wrong, how many times should I forgive someone? How many times do we forgive people? Not even looking at it in a spiritual or biblical sense, which Jesus is about to answer here. But for me, like the adage does reign true sometimes, which is like fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. But I'm not going to lie, I've actually been a step stool for a lot of people. I know sometimes when I'm being stepped on and purposefully I put myself in a positions like that thinking that I'm helping somebody. And I don't know if I am or not, but it just feels right at the moment. Like somebody needs an ally, somebody needs a friend, somebody just needs somebody to vent to or punch, whatever what you needed at that moment. As a kid, that's how I was. Uh, I'm a little bit like that as an adult, but you get a little bit more wiser. You learn not to uh, throw your pearls amongst the pigs because they're just going to trample on it sometimes, right? And turn around and attack you, like scripture says. But the teaching that Jesus has on this is in Matthew 18, and I believe, let me see if I can think of the verse. I'll have to find the verse. It is in Matthew 18. It's the parable of the, of the unforgiven servant, and it starts at 18, uh, 21. Well, I'll start at 22, and this is uh, Peter asked that question, like, Lord, how many times will I forgive my brother's sins against me? And in 22, Jesus starts to answer him and says, I do not say to you seven times, but I say to you 77 times. 
And he starts with the parable. And I'm going to read it. It's 23 through 31. It says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Like, I don't care if you're dealing with pennies or quarters or dollars or whatever what your denomination is. 10,000 seems like a lot. And so here we go in verse 25. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I'll pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. Now it's going to continue on, but that's what the kingdom of heaven is is like you owed you owed 10,000 gigawatts 10,000 jelly beans 10,000 trash cans you can't come up with this stuff and so the guy wants his money we're gonna have to sell everything that you have and in those times look all he had as assets were his wife and children isn't it crazy like it said in all that he had as well but the first assets that it names to be sold is his wife and his children ouch and then all that he had. And then he had to pay all of that for the 10,000 jigaboos that he owed. I don't even know if that's a word I could say, but I just I just did. OK, so anyway, in the kingdom of heaven is like this. Right. He said, when his master out of pity, have a mercy and compassion, not only released the, um, the, the uh, servant, he also wiped out the debt. So here now you can go free. And you don't owe me. And I'm going to take off in verse 28 here. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him. He began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servants fell down and pleaded with him. Have patience with me and I will pay you. Wow. Very similar. Right, man. This should be like deja vu. Ding, ding, ding. Verse 30. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed because they probably owed him some money too. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. So that brings us to verse 32. Yeah, you know, the fellow servants was like, what the? Can't believe it. Choked him up, threw him in jail. It's kind of like our child support system. Like, check this out. Like, I've always heard of child support. But I've never really known anyone that had it taken out of their checks. So I was working. I graduated college at this point. I was 27. I was working the most high power job for me at the time, making a cool probably 55K a year. And you can't tell me nothing at this point. Right. So a buddy of mine I was working with was having car troubles. And I know what our checks was because on top of this. Right. We were hourly. And the, 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 the uh, employer will let us work as much overtime as we needed during certain times of the year. And we were in one of those zones. So we were making buku money. So I'm like, man, bro, what do you mean you're having car problems? You ain't going to go pick it up and have problems coming to work. I let him use my car a couple of times. But I'm like, look, we getting paid here soon. Go get a go get a car. And he was like, man. Not all of us have it like that. And I'm like, what do you mean? Because I know what I'm getting paid. Like, you can go down there and drop a G or two every two weeks till you own whatever. Get you a bucket, get whatever. And so he started showing me his pay stub. And I saw FICA. 
You know, I saw Fed tax. I'm like, okay, looking normal. Then I saw CH.SUP. I said, good Lord, who is Chiz up? Was taking a cool $1,100 out of his check. And I, I really did ask in genuine ignorance. I didn't know. He said, that's child support, fool. I laughed. <laughs> but, but, you know, if you don't pay that, you go to jail. And that's what this servant did to his fellow servant who owed him. Had him tossed in jail till the debt was paid. Our system is kind of stupid like that because I've always wondered, how you going to pay when you're in jail? But now you've got this man in jail, right? And he still owes you money he's supposed to pay. His fellow servants go to the master like, we got to tell the master because what if I come, can't come up with this $5 I owe this dude? You know what I mean? What's he going to do? He's going to have me thrown in jail. So when the master hears about this, we're going to pick it up. In verse 32, Matthew 18, verse 32, then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me and you should not have had mercy on your fellow servant. And as I had mercy on you and in anger, now originally, right, the master in pity released the servant of his 10,000 boom booms he owed, right? And also said, look, you can go, you know, not only released him from the debt, but basically you're not a sir. I mean, gave him all types of mercy and leniency more than what he deserved for what he owed. No more selling your wife and kids and stuff. But now in anger, his master delivered him to the jailer until he should pay back all his debts. Good luck with that now. Now you're in jail and you owe 10,000 juicy fruits to this man and you can't come up with it. And verse 35 ends the parable. It says, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Let me read that last verse again. Matthew 18, verse 35. And this is the charge to us, to you and I. It says, so also will my heavenly father do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. It doesn't matter if you've been wronged. Forgive. It doesn't matter if you're the one who wronged. You know what I mean? Ask for repentance and also forgive. The Lord's prayer says that, right? We forgive those uh, trespasses and we forgive those who trespassed against us. But do it from the heart. And once you've received mercy, it's not a gift of, yes, I've got my second chance card for you to then go render judgment on people. Mercy is sort of like a gift that keeps on being passed forward. If you remember that movie, I've never watched it. Actually, people have told me about it, but the concept is to pay it forward, right? It's about a little boy or something like that. For those who've seen it, don't let me explain it. I used to sell DVDs, so I used to read the back of them and be like, oh, I'm going to watch this. Never would watch them. But... The concept of mercy that God gives is the same way. If you received it, you have to pay it forward. You give it forward. And when you break that chain and you receive mercy and you're cruel like this servant was and don't give mercy but render judgment, the father will remember that in a day when you come back because you're going to need mercy one day too. And he's going to say, you wicked little punk. Remember when you owed way more and I showed you much love. Now I'm pissed. And I'm telling you, I know how I respond out of anger. And I can't imagine if the father's angry and how he will respond to you after he has given you mercy. So, yeah, come on. Let's let's try to be better. Right.
Let's try to be better. Let's reward kindness with kindness. Let's reward meanness with kindness. Let's reward great people with kindness. Let's reward bad people with kindness. So that way we're emulating what our father tells us and what he shows us, right? And how we are to forgive. So in the beginning of the parable, Peter asked a question. He says, um, he says, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Seven times. And Jesus teaches the lesson. 77 times, which means all of the time. God is forever teaching us lessons through his word. And Jesus Christ lives it on this earth as an example of how we do it. So, yeah, think of times in your life, right? They're coming. Whether it was in the past that you can use for wisdom today for who you are or the times that are coming where you know you'll interact with people who do you wrong. And think about the times that you receive mercy too and pass it forward. God is good. Hear me? Always follow him. Amen.